when I would get these things in the mail that said coyotes in the Presidio, what made me laugh is they would say things like, and I don't, this part is fine, but they were like, you know, don't harm them, but you know, you want to not be near them. So their one idea was like, make loud sounds because they don't like that. And the other was grab a rock and don't throw it at them, but throw it near them. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, all those rocks that are super available. That was musician and hairstylist Chris Onisorg. I'm Jeff, and this is the Storied San Francisco podcast. It's a way to get to know your neighbors. Every week on the podcast, we feature musicians, bartenders, writers, photographers, and other San Franciscans talking about living, working, and doing their thing here. Welcome to episode 30, part one. In this podcast, Chris talks about working in mayoral candidate Mark Leno's sign shop in the Castro. He ends part one with some observations he's made about the city through his experiences as a hairstylist. Here's Chris. Do you want a, do Mark, you want a Mark Leno story? I would love a Mark Leno story. You mentioned that on email and I and it piqued my yeah, interest. Well, I mean, this is a thing. I So I worked at Good Vibrations for two and a half years and um, I knew I didn't want to work there much longer at about a year and a half or two years. And it's a place where at the time, at least you were able to give like really significant notice. So I was like, I'm going to give six months notice. Oh. I'm either going to find another job, but in the meantime, I'm going to save up a bunch of money so I can maybe not work for a month or something. And uh, so I did that. And then I just decided to temp for a while. Um, and so I had like one thing here, one thing there. And I don't, I don't think this was a temp. Maybe it was a temp job, but I, I think I responded to it maybe on Craigslist, but it was, hiring like a front desk person for a place called Budget Signs. And I didn't know at first it was owned by Mark Leno. Um, this was in 2000, 2005. Was he still a supervisor then? I, I don't know. See, well, well, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll figure that out We'll later. find that. We'll Google that. Yeah. Um, but he didn't, like he owned the business, but there was a manager and she was my boss. And um, I worked there for a few months and then something came up in terms of like a better job with better money that I ran off to. But while I worked there, it was kind of fun. It was like me and this manager and then two people in the back making signs. And um, the main things I know, I knew about Mark Leno. He came in once or twice. He was very friendly. Um, short. Sh- well, but I'm, I'm short. Okay. Like I'm 5'9". I feel like he's around my height. He's a slender guy? Yes. So he seems he's, tall. He's a runner. So okay. he's a runner and he has really good teeth. So I met him and was like, I am fat and my teeth are not great. <laughs> like, But every gay man I meet, I'm like, what about you is better than me? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he was, he was very friendly um, and he... Um, he was always the thing I really came to see working there. Although we kind of joked about it was he was very frugal. Mm. The place is called budget signs and it <laughs> definitely is. But um, at one point there was a couple little like storage closets that we were just like tidying up and, and decluttering a bit. And um I would never say he was a hoarder in any way because the office was clean and well-managed. He had his own office where the door was always closed because he had a parrot 
that he kept in there. So if he went in, like the manager could go in and the bird was fine. But if I went in there, the parrot would have like a complete conniption. Um, so, which is actually fine because I have a weird bird allergy. Okay. So being in a room with a bird, not great. But um, I would never say he was a hoarder, but I'd say he's someone who just doesn't, like everything was neatly organized in these closets, but he doesn't throw stuff away. Hmm. And we were digging through and we were like filing and doing whatever. And at one point, I found a super old floppy disk and not like a square size of a drink coaster floppy disk, but like a big, almost size of a 12 inch LP with a big hole in the middle of it floppy disk. And I was like, I think I was six when this first came into existence. Mm -hmm. Like, are there even machines that can read it? But, you know, as he runs for mayor, people can be assured that I don't think he is someone who is wasteful with money. And is very no, but I mean, yeah. I as someone who was running a business, like, and the business still exists; mm-hmm. it's still there, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so I can say I've indirectly worked for Mark Leno, very indirectly, and got a sense of yeah. part of his core of who he is. Yes, yeah, and um, and uh, yeah, we the the funniest thing about working there. Didn't really involve him, but at one point they wanted to hire. They had had like one person in the sign shop and they needed a second to kind of help out and be a bit of a, not an assistant, but have like two sets of hands working on stuff. And so they did a Craigslist posting and things like that. And my boss had set up like a specific email address for hiring, you know, for new hires. Mm -hmm. And so she just tasked me with not picking who would be a candidate but going through and just finding emails where people are like because they required certain experience with certain software and certain tools and programs and you know hardware and it was like people who are like i don't have experience with xyz but i'm a fast learner just delete it right you know because we want people who already have some experience so we can just basically have them come in and start making signs Mm -hmm. um So as I was filtering through them, just because I'm in English, and she's like, or if somebody just seems like completely just, you know. Wackadoodle. Right. Like super inappropriate, um, (laughs) you know, filter them out. And one person had sent in what seemed like a really promising, like resume and email cover letter. And I think most of us have some version of like our full name or our first name and last initial or first initial and last name for like work and professional emails. And then we have our like number one, you know, cheese lover, 75. (laughs) This person sent their resume and cover letter in from a tad bit tipsy at hotmail.com. And I was like, oh girl, no. And my boss thought it was like, I had to forward it to her and be like, obviously I'm deleting this, but this is amazing. And a lot of the communication that my boss and I had, we did it over email just so things were documented, even though our desks were like 20 feet from one another. So for like a week, instead of being like, you know, sincerely, we'd be like signing off like, you know, shooting up in the bathroom at, you know, earthlink.net, 12 martini lunch at AOL.com, you know, and like just making up all these email names that were like, you know, here's about how wasted I'm going to be when I come work for you. I was like, how... How? And Hotmail, which whatever. Yeah. And it was like, Hotmail was like, what, one of the first free? Yeah. Like, you could have like 85 Hotmail addresses. Mm-hmm. So why didn't she have one that was like, you know, Karen needs a job or whatever? <laughs> like, 
I, I'm assuming she was a tad bit tipsy when she got when she sent when she sent the her tad bit tipsy from Hotmail email. But she remembered that mm-hmm. password at least, right? Like bowling or whatever. It was probably whatever. password. Yeah, password sixty nine. I think actually. The biggest thing for me, my biggest sort of overall experience of being a hairstylist in San Francisco is that it's never ceases to amaze me how many people here have a ton of money mm-hmm. and are really low key about their grooming and appearance. <laughs> like, and I'm not someone who's like, I want everyone to be like styled, quaffed, blown out, you know, magazine perfect. But it's really interesting how many people I'm like, you could probably buy and sell me. I have, I have great clients. They're wonderful. They're, they don't make me feel terrible, but I know a, what a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you could probably buy and sell my life in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And yet I don't think you own a brush. Right? <laughs> like I have a number of clients who I've gotten them more on the train of styling their hair and they like how they look and they feel good. And you know, but it's a sort of bizarre city where there is a lot of money. There is a lot of potential for that. And I see some neighborhoods like the marina and places where people are more conscientious. But overall, there's still a like ultra low key, no style kind of vibe to San Francisco where it's like, yeah, somebody comes shuffling in in like sweatpants and a T-shirt, but they could be a, like a billionaire. Right. So, you know, my joke is always that, like, I just want to walk through the mission with, like, a basket full of hairbrushes <laughs> and just be, like, just once a week. It, yeah, it's, a, it it's almost like a, well, passive aggressiveness is, like, a, right. a thing here. It's almost a passive aggressive approach to appearances. Right. And while I definitely see a shift in that, it's still remarkable that people in other places, like, having lived in New York, having been to L.A. a lot, people show their money more they wear it more for lack of a better term and here like you could see someone who looks dressed to the nines and maybe they just live off credit cards right and have a shopping problem you know they love clothes and then someone else who literally looks like you know they came stumbling out of their house to like get another 40 from across the street you know to continue their their weekend of just like chilling mm-hmm. they video game they're they're like you know a multi-billionaire right and, you know, they just don't give a crap. There's something very San Francisco about that. Yeah. Right? Like, we're not going to show it. But then they'll also get into a Tesla. Like, they'll get into a Tesla when they look like total garbage. Right. <laughs> you know? Their car looks better than right. they do. Which mm-hmm. also, I have a whole thing about, to me, Tesla just looks like a Buick from when I was like a kid in the 80s. On my Whoa. way here. Yeah. Like, um, I... I thought one was coming. I was crossing... I find nothing alluring about them. They're really yeah. boxy. Well, I thought it was a Tesla... Because it had like diagonal mm-hmm. white lights. Mm. That's kind of what I think. But but or it was like, a Chevy. Yeah, or it's like it's. I always think it's like a Chrysler or some. But like the way they looked, like maybe when I was like in high school, mm-hmm. like they're supposed to be this hot thing, and I'm like, I mean, they don't look enough. They don't look midlife crisisy enough, mm-hmm. you know, or <laughs> right. like young sporty enough. They sort of mm-hmm. look weirdly boxy for this super expensive, you know, luxury, but whatever. So yeah, someone's getting into like a Tesla with like stained pajama pants and like a t-shirt from like, you know, a video game conference, but (laughs) they could buy and sell your whole entire family like for what, you know, pocket change. We recorded this episode at Chris's house in Lower Haight in April, 2018. 
Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald, a.k.a. Joe Bigale. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Please follow Storied San Francisco on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All the episodes and Michelle's photos of storytellers are up on our website, storiedsf.com. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. You can reach us by email at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Check back Thursday when we'll hear Chris share stories from his time in San Francisco bands. Thank you.